so ridiculous. All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 218. Is that right? should have someone do the math on that one. Right? Yeah, 218. That's what it is. Um, I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. In this episode, we are talking about The Suicide Squad, the uh, new movie from Warner Brothers and HBO Max. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and do try to leave a rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate that. They help more than you know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook. Comments, compliments, and sponsor offers can be sent to Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our store at T Public for all your Three Drinks in Podcast merchandising needs. I can't imagine what they would be, but T-shirts, T-shirts, and masks, which apparently we have to wear again, and all manner of things. So, <laughs> so did 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 you ever hear the story of why it's called the Ohio State? Yeah, you've told me this. I have because I don't know what it is. I thought I was hoping that that you would know. Oh, uh, yeah, you told me once, but I don't really I remember. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was like, I don't care. And, <laughs> and you told me anyway. And then I was like, all right. I don't remember that. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't recall the reason why they call it the Ohio State. What does but, that have to do with anything? Well, this is the Suicide, su- suicide Squad. Oh. As well, I, know why, to, I know why that is called that. Right. Well, yeah. I had to see the first one. You did, <laughs> you, you did not. You got out of that somehow. Yeah, that, that was... was a, that was a rough summer. <laughs> I can still remember that being like a really rough summer of movies. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what was that? That was that was 2016. My son was oh, yeah. born. And uh, you guys did Suicide Squad and like the, the Ninja Turtles movie without me. The Ninja Turtles movie was out. Um, I'm looking them up now. It was It was just rough. Yeah, it was. Oh. It was a it was a it was a weird time, you know. Mm-hmm. The election, the Cubs won the won the World Series. Like, you know, up was down, down was up. So they made another one. So they made another Suicide Squad movie, The Suicide Squad. Um, which I actually saw in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I see you went out and saw it. Well. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I stayed home. I, I was on HBO Max. So, well, so this sort of ties into my general thoughts about the movie, but I won't get into all that right now. But like, it, it really is important to go back to the movies for a lot of reasons. If for no other reason than like, I just pay attention more in a movie theater. Like, it's more of an event to go, and that's fine. But like, I've, I've started to consume so much audiovisual content now that it's sort of relentless like i have a podcast on in my ear while i'm doing the dishes while i'm you know mowing the lawn whatever it is like this this constant noise in my ears and that's my own fault i should read a book at some point but like you know i, I watch a lot of youtube because youtube became my refuge from the news when the pandemic started and i just found a lot of different channels that I really enjoy and um but like it's just become a thing where I've I'm finding now that I can't watch one thing for more than like 10 minutes <laughs> I have the shortest it's the shortest attention span that I've ever had and that's odd at 40 that I think now is when like I you know I I become the goldfish and I can't focus on one thing for more than 30 seconds yeah it's not good no <laughs> So, I but it helps when you're in the theater, right? Yeah. So being in the theater is it's focusing. Now, it's not to say that I'm going to pay attention to every bad movie I see in the theater, but you know, it's when I'm home and I'm watching a movie that could be good or bad. I'm still kind of like on my phone and flipping through it and doing this and doing that and getting up and going to the bathroom, and that is irrespective of whether or not like the, the movie is good or if I'm liking it, I just, I, w- I will still do that. But in a movie theater, if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm kind of shifting in my seat, if I'm, if I'm like looking at my phone or, or my watch, then I know, okay, I'm really not enjoying this. This is not a good 
movie or this is just boring or whatever. But um, so just I'm focused on either it's the film's goodness or my just discomfort in the seat, meaning, okay, this is not a good movie. So it's just, it's very helpful to me for me to go to the movies. <laughs> so, but you watched it at home on uh, HBO Max, I presume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're going to take it you know, in the teeth, I think, for doing that because this did not perform well at the box office. It's hard to say why, though, because the Delta variant, as we know, is kind of dropping everyone crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, it's not a surprise. And a, lot, a lot of people probably didn't want to go when you have the option to just watch it at home. Although theater I was in was pretty crowded. I was, like, I haven't walked into an empty theater yet. Hmm. I've been to two, but, like, they've all been really full, so. That's good. Yeah. So what did you think of The Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad. The um, I have to look up now why they call it the Ohio Six. I forgot. Um, I liked this movie. I didn't think it was a great movie. There are problems with the movie, for sure. But, and I, part of this I think is colored by the fact that I couldn't look at my phone if I, <laughs> during boring parts. But I don't know. It was fun. It was kind of a lot. Certainly, like the first half of it was a bit of a cacophony. But I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I I don't tend to love a lot of this. This is like a splatter movie, basically. Um. But in general, I don't know. I I I had a lot of fun. It was it wasn't as funny as it thought it was. I think I think they they kind of figured this was a funnier movie than it actually was. But it was still kind of you know I I chuckled. It was you know it was cute at times. It was funny. Um. And uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. What did you think? Um, I thought it was just okay. Yeah, like it wasn't I, great, but it was yeah, still not, fun. I don't even know if it was fun. It felt like work. <laughs> felt it well, just work felt isn't like fun. no work is not fun. It felt like too much. Like it was just. Like some parts, like everything came at you in such vast quantities. So the parts that were that were funny were very funny. John Cena was very funny. The parts that were splatter horror gore were way over the top. I don't need to see Pete Davidson's face caved in by bullets. Oh, I was fine with that. I could, you know? I could, I was thrilled when he got shot in the face. And like the parts that were stupid were so stupid that I like looked around like, did anyone else see how stupid this is? Because this is just like what a five-year-old would do. Like it was ridiculously stupid. So everything was so extreme that like it it became jarring and weird to watch. It was like some parts I was like, yeah, yeah. Like some parts I was like, this is good. And then like 10 minutes later, I'd be like, this sucks. Why am I watching this? Like it was all over the place. So I, I I don't know if I had a fun time watching, you know, and I certainly don't understand like the rave reviews. Like obviously it was better than the first one that they did with David Ayer's version, just called Suicide Squad. That movie was a train wreck. But like, <laughs> you know, I'd rather watch Aquaman again. That was fun. <laughs> no, no, oh, Aquaman? no, no, no. Like that's like stupid fun. Like, can you believe we're all watching this guy swim around the ocean? Well, yeah, it. Well, that's that's fun, and that we're laughing at it. Like, I, you know, it's everything in that. Like, the only thing I liked about that that movie, Aquaman, was that one shot where like, like the weirdo demon fish were like swimming up from underneath, and you get that really crazy, like cross section shot of the ocean. That was it. That's when we sucked. Um. No, I, I don't know. I thought this it was it was a bit like drinking from a fire hose from the beginning. You just kind of it starts off, you know. You, you know, you get very little little information about what's going on per se, but you get enough to follow the setup. It turns out, spoilers, that the setup is actually a decoy, and then there's a there's a a separate setup happening over there that. 
it's a, it's it's a lot. They give you all the characters kind of all at once. You get a lot of information. You get a lot of personality all at once. It's not terribly memorable because I'm sitting here going, I should like I should rewatch parts of this because I really don't remember all the things that happened or that were said. And there were so many things that happened and that were said in the first half of this movie. The second half, like once once Harley Quinn kills the the president of the Corto Motis or whatever that country was called. Which by the way, did you know what they were talking about? With what? That the, the name of that fake place? Corto Maltese? Yeah. Like I heard that. They said it like seventeen times in the, the, the beginning of the movie. I'm like, where do I know this from? It's it been was, in the comics. It's been in the comics, but I remember it as being um, in the original Batman movie in 89. Oh, they they mentioned it there? Yeah, like the whole thing about Vicki Vale was that she used to do like, you know, hardcore wartime photojournalism. And... um, now she's like back in Gotham City doing puff pieces on Bruce Wayne at his parties. And he mentions this to her um, at some point like during the party. And like, I don't know, like I saw that, I've seen, that, I've seen that, that movie like maybe a thousand times. And so like half of it is in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And they, they kept saying like, where do I know that name from? Is that a real place? And then it, it finally dawned on me, oh, it's for Batman. <laughs> it's, it's, uh... it's been... It's one yeah. of their fake places, you know. It's one like, of their, they have a few fake places that pop up. Um, well, well, all their places are fake. That's that's DC's things. No place actually is supposed to be a real city, you know. Right, Gotham but I mean, city, like Metropolis, Central City. When they when they talk about foreign countries, they never want to like be specific. And Marvel does it too. There's no country called Sokovia, you know. They're all stand-ins for places. So Cordo yeah. Maltese is like, here's this backwards Latin American nation that we've been using, like. We've been we installed a puppet regime and we're controlling behind the scenes. You know, pick one that could stand in for any Latin American right. country, but we don't but want it, to name it, so we just come up with a new one. Yeah, at least with DC though, they're they're consistent with that, and then they don't ever use. And it's weird if you think about it; it's kind of ha- like Marvel uses both. You know, t- it takes place in real places. It's New York City. It's not Metropolis. It's Chicago. It's not Gotham City, whatever it is. Um, and then occasionally they'll invent Wakanda or they'll invent Sokovia because they have to kill an entire country. <laughs> and so it's like, well, we can't, we can't kill the Ukraine because that you know, people are really there, and like it would kind of take you out of it. But um, you could destroy half of New York, and it's not really that 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 big of a deal. But they didn't want to do that with East, with Eastern Europe for some reason. But DC kind of, I don't know. I think it actually has this weird effect where unless they invent a place, it doesn't exist. And so Superman, yeah, it flies around the whole world, but he never goes to other countries. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, you know, like they, they did an entire Spider-Man movie recently. He was in, you know, London and Italy. Is there a London, Italy? for you know batman probably not like they just don't you know they that wasn't a thing in um the the christopher nolan movies because he goes to china so china's a real place oh yeah but if you think about it like i again i'm not that well versed in the comics but they all seem to take place in fake cities and occasionally is like a small fake country like this which is like a stand-in for haiti or whatever and, you know, it kind of oddly makes it limiting and that you don't have a connection to the rest of the world because they don't ever get specific as to where things are happening and what, you know, the, your character's connections are, even though they're kind of globally known now. Yeah, I mean, they let your mind fill in the gaps, you know, like this is nondescript poor Latin American country. You know, like I was surprised to see that, like they go to like the little city that's in the in the country, and they're hanging out in the nightclub and everything. And like, you don't question how any of it works because your brain is doing all of that 
filling in for you. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen this in a million documentaries and and movies and things. You know, they're all speaking Spanish, which is a language I know. So you know, okay, that makes sense. You know, yeah. you don't think about it. And the, the giant starfish is probably you know what they want you to focus on anyway. Sure, <laughs> sure. The giant starfish. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But like, so I think that like up to the point where they. Um, where Harley Quinn kills the, um, the original bad guy, the president of the of the country, oh, El Presidente, El Presidente, El Jefe. Um, up to that point, it was just a lot of stuff happening. After that, though, things kind of streamlined. Like, so they get freed because they get because they you know they get arrested at that nightclub and they break out of that 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 little uh car and they they go all right we gotta go go to the jodenheim thing and do that and they go no first we have to get harley and then you know so it's just it becomes a much more sort of straightforward thing because you really don't know why they're there initially you know why they're being forced to do what they're doing which is just basically the premise of the entire thing is that they're just coerced into doing this on pain of death and at that point though like that's that that's when like what the like what they want and what they're supposed to be doing becomes much more clear up to that point you really didn't know what was going on even they didn't know what was going on that's where they're kind of like in the nightclub trying to find that weirdo guy with the light bulbs on his head which you know that certainly stands out their mission is to just blow up that that place but it's same. not at the same time. Like they no, don't. No, it really... is. That's their mission. They tell them your mission is to blow up this place because we can't let whatever they're doing there fall into the hands of these new rebels. Right. That's okay. Why, that's why they have the explosions with them when they go. Yeah. You know they how, don't realize how... there's a giant starfish in there until much later. <laughs> yes, but like as how they go about doing everything is a bit more haphazard. Oh well, yeah. Well, that's because they're screw ups. <laughs> right. And there's ways to be screwed ups and sort of make it a bit more, I don't know, just make the plot more streamlined. Like one of the things I thought was like a missed opportunity was when they when they find the rebel camp and they think they're killing all the bad guys, they're actually, they're actually killing the good guys. <laughs> um, Peacemaker That's- and Bloodsport are like having a competition with each other. And that sort of didn't like that wasn't a thing and that seemed like it could have been a thing they had going from, from from the beginning like some kind of a friendly rivalry between them that was kind of stupid and you know horrifying all at the same time and like so like there were things in there that like that, that weren't sort of solid like, like all the jokes were kind of like half thought out and character relationships weren't really developed completely they were just kind of thrown at you and saying like this is your job now is to be this person and you know it there was a lot of sort of half-baked ideas that were in this, and at some point the plot just takes over the movie, and it's a just a a, a runaway train to the end, which is fine. I actually think that the second half of the film is better than the first half of the film. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, up to that point, it's kind of chaotic and really noisy. Well, yeah, so. And I, I don't know. I didn't know this stuff on my own. I had to look it up. So James Gunn was first starting out when he was making movies um, for a company called Troma Entertainment. And their big thing was that they make horror movies that are parodies and splatter fests. And most of them are, far, you know, farcical, stupid, jokey things, you know, very low budget, that kind of kind of junk. And they pulled that back when he was doing like guardians of the galaxy because he also said his big thing was you can take all these different characters and even though they're not typically heroes, you can get to the heart of all of them and make like a group uh, dynamic kind of movie. So they set him up for this. They said, please do better than the last one. And, (laughs) and they gave him basically carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And he made one of these movies with a bajillion dollar budget. So like the first half of the movie, you're either going to like that style. Like I was thinking of like Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movies, like you're going to like Sam Raimi style or you're not. And so like when I'm watching it, I hated that part. 
because it was because it didn't make any sense on purpose like to be funny and be wacky it doesn't make any sense and at that point i'm like you know i like my movies to have plots that make sense to them and scenes that have some sort of internal logic you know like let's put this weasel looking rat creature on the ship with everyone and they dump everyone into the ocean to storm the beach and the thing drowns because it can't swim and Rick Flag looks over and goes, we didn't bother to check to see if this thing could swim. <laughs> and like, that's supposed to be the joke. But my brain is too, you know, too normal to be like, you're right. Why wouldn't they do that? Like, <laughs> like, that's, that's stupid. But like, it's stupid, stupid, not like fun. You know what I mean? So it's not until like second half of the movie when they're actually on their mission that things start making more sense. Yeah, and even then it's stupid like why are they carrying that shark person with them well Amanda Waller says you need this shark to get through the barrier like to break down the walls you're going to need his help well, well they don't they kidnap Doctor Who and they just force him <laughs> to open the doors for them I'm like this is so stupid yeah the so the shark person is I mean, he's there because it's a shark thing, and you got to have a weird thing. And he, you know, in theory, he could be helpful. So it's. I mean, in, he was helpful. But yeah, in in the, the planning of the, the justification for him was nonsense. Well, she didn't know that. She maybe he was gonna be. They but they found a better way. The rat girl had no business being there, except for the ending of the movie, and kind of an emotional through line they're like looking for like a whole thing where it's just like these are people that nobody thinks anything of because they're murderers and or like you know but like the whole thing is her, her whole thing is like we are the undesirables that's why we're in jail even though that isn't not quite why they're in jail but that's why they're in jail and you know rats are undesirable but it turns out that rats are the ones that save the day in the, in the event. And so like, but she really has no other function other than that. Same thing with like the whole bit in the beginning. Like you don't need a giant scene where you create a giant diversion. It's fun and it kind of gets the movie off to a, you know, interesting start. But like Flula Borg's javelin character only has to be there to give Harley Quinn the javelin so she could stab the starfish in the eyeball. And which is like, I know I have to rub my eyes now. But like, so a lot of those things are set up just so they could be used later on, and they don't really make a lot of sense. And they they try with the rat girl to kind of make her give her like an emotional, th you know, storyline and like her father and the rats and this kind yeah, of thing. So like, rats are gross. But I mean, aside from the tonal problems, because what they're doing is so dramatic, but the way they're going about it is so goofy, and like. I mean, I saw the first one and Viola Davis in the first one was like this no-nonsense character, you know, and she's blowing people's heads up with a flick of a switch, you know, like in this one, she's working with a bunch of like techie, nerdy yahoos. So like yeah. that was stupid and jarring. I was like, well, this yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. She needs to be the straight man to their goofball nonsense. Like she's the Dean Martin to their Jerry Lewis. There's no reason to have that whole thing with, like, you know, the kind of nerdy, you know, man in the chair type people in there. Like, there's no point in that. Like, you know, it can be funny, but it, it's, you can't have two funny men. You have to have one straight man, one funny man. Uh, yeah. But it, it just throws all of this stuff in question. Like, when she explains why Idris Elba's going on the mission, right? You're, raised from birth to be a killing machine expert with weapons and then they go pull out john cena and it's the same thing and he even stops her and goes what are you messing with me he can do everything i can do like what's what's the point of having both of us on a team you know and like mm. and that's a funny joke but you're poking holes in the plot and everything and that's what i was thinking too i'm like why why have them why have the colonel there why have the girl with the rats you know assuming you want these missions to actually succeed i mean wouldn't you really 
pick people for their abilities. Like, yes, they're expendable, but you still want it to go down the right way, don't you? So, like, I don't know. It took me out of it. I didn't have fun watching that kind of stuff. Yeah. But once you get past that, it's 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 a hoot. Uh, you know, and it's good enough. The performances were good. I thought Idris Elba is always good. John Cena was good. Um, I don't know why Margot Robbie keeps doing these movies. I guess she likes doing them. I mean, she's good at it. I'm they just pay saying, her like, a lot of money. I'm just saying, like, she's a really good actress and she's very pretty. She could be doing better things. I mean, yeah, but look, this is what you do now. You make superhero movies and then somebody comes along and they and they give you I, Tanya, and you make I, Tanya, and you're amazing in I, Tanya. I mean, it we really do. On it's one of those things. Like Margot Robbie, it's such she's such an odd duck in the sense that she's so pretty and so talented. It's just not fair. <laughs> like I don't know anybody else who's as pretty as she is and as talented as she is. I can't think of them. I just can't. Man or woman. Like, there's just. Well, I think of Jennifer Lawrence. She was in all those X Men movies, and then her career exploded, and you could see the light go out in her eyes where she was like, I don't need to be here covered in blue makeup and yellow contact lenses. Like, I could be making Oscar winners. And, uh, you know. Yeah, so, or so you thought she thought. uh, You know, she's made a few good movies since then, but she definitely didn't need to be in these X-Men films. So like whenever I see Margot Robbie, I'm like, Oh, I mean, it's fine. She's nice to look at, but okay. Well, I wonder if it's a holdover from like, because the joke for, for a long time was that like British actors will literally do anything. You know, Michael Caine did Jaws three for Christ's sakes. Like, you know, like they, they just, they work. They don't care what the hell the part is. They just go in and they give it their all. And I know for a lot of older British actors, there's not a lot of method acting going on there. That's much more sort of like presentational Shakespearean. They don't have to get deep into the head of the character. It's just like, let's just do this because it might be fun. And they're going to give me a boatload of money to do it in. I wonder if being Australian, if that translates at all to her mindset about how to do these movies. I mean, she likes the character. She likes the part. And she just throws herself into it. I mean, she's and she's really good. I mean, there's questions about what they're doing with Harley Quinn, but I don't think anybody has any question about how she's playing the character. She's she's phenomenal in that role. She I mean, like I don't think every movie that's featured her has been great. I didn't love Birds of Prey. I I get it. The movie was, yeah. I saw yeah. some reviewer was like, this is better than Birds of Prey. I'm like, yeah, no crap. That's, that's <laughs> not a... I've seen I mean, kids' birthday parties better than Birds of Prey. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, this movie is benefited by the fact that like most of the other DC movies are terrible. So all you have to be is not terrible. And you're fine. The bar is so low to clear. Like Wonder Woman isn't that good of a movie it's just better than you know batman v superman in justice league you know it's better than man of steel and like there's bits about man of steel that i like i just don't think it was executed very well you know so this was better than you know the other dc movies and it was certainly league leagues ahead of the previous version of this movie which is it a sequel? Is it just a re, like a soft reboot? How would you describe this? Yeah, I don't know. And what's odd to me is that they picked, like, he picked some of the characters and the same actors. Like, Jai Courtney was in this for 10 minutes, but he was in the last one, too. Which one's he again? He was Captain Boomerang. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And the guy who played Rick Flagg was the same. Yeah. And. And like obviously Marco Robbie, but they couldn't get Will Smith, so they just picked a different black actor who was good with guns to be the leader of the group. Like it was very odd that they just picked, you know, let's pick a few of them and then pretend the last one didn't really happen. Who was who was it? Was Deadshot or was it this in the? He, 
Will Smith was Deadshot. Right, yeah. So same basic character. Right. I mean, it's basically the same kind of guy. Yeah. So. Um. So there was a giant starfish. Let's talk a minute about the giant starfish. A giant starfish. Star of like, the Conqueror. Did you like the giant starfish? Did we not like the giant starfish? Uh, you know, I mean, if you don't know anything about comic books, it's bizarre. I I already knew who the starfish was, so I was like, oh, oh. yeah, he's been so, in. So, he's been so around give us the like backstory the, on the uh, on the giant starfish. Star of the Conqueror is an intergalactic starfish that can control people's brains. Um, he's the first reason that the Justice League got together because he was such a threat that they had to actually combine their powers to stop him back in like 1948 or something. He's been around a long time, hmm. but they don't use him all that often because it's a giant starfish. So <laughs> like, you know, mind control gets kind of old, but I, I thought it was fine that they used him. It was interesting, you know? It's freakish as hell, which fits the tone of this film. Yep. You know, bizarre, slapsticky, horror splatter violence. I mean, the part where the thinker was explaining everything and like this people had starfishes on their faces. Wh- and like which part? You gotta have to know that now. Well, it was like he had them in a lab. Oh yeah. So, and oh, like God. one guy had his face ripped off, but the starfish was still like connected to him. Oh my god, it was gruesome. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for that. You know, like it it worked really well for this film. So in in this movie, he's just a nice, you know, alien floating by and he gets picked up by NASA, which of course is evil. And they like, you know, they bring him in the ship and they're like having a, you know, like they're poking fun at him. And then all of a sudden, like, he lifts up his arms and he releases smaller versions of himself and they take over the NASA astronauts and somehow they get them off. Like, the beginning of the story was weird. You see, they they find him in space, they bring him in the ship, and he tries to kill them or take over their faces. And he does that, and still they get him inside of a, like a box, and they bring it to the. Yeah, back they still manage to get him home, and then they experiment on him. Yeah, and in the in the comic books, he's already a giant starfish that's evil. Is that how? It... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So they gave him a soul here. That was nice. <laughs> well, I thought that last that last line he has before he dies was was interesting. Yeah. Where he says, like, I was perfectly happy just floating around looking at space. And then, ugh, drops dead. Like, the rats eat him from the inside out. <laughs> Which is horrible. Yeah, like, that That part I actually kind of liked. Like, as, you know, as far as, like, giant monsters go, this was fairly clever. And the fact that he, like, he just makes all the people there, you know, his, like, ex- extensions of himself. And they're all kind of mindless slaves instantaneously it was really effectively creepy like very very unsettling and they all die too like all of them Uh, yeah yeah like nobody survives that like you're not i guess you're just not supposed to take it that serious you know well yeah (laughs) yeah like just don't think about it too hard that like this giant starfish aside from like wrecking the town like godzilla was like eating people's faces military and civilian alike and all those people died <laughs> yeah like, you know. so basically what this reminds me a lot of is Deadpool like Deadpool you really can't take it too seriously and that's like it's whole thing is it's you know and Deadpool goes one step further and looks at the camera and says don't take this seriously it's just a movie and this kind of does the same thing too without looking at the camera. You know, it's basically trying to say to you, like, we're just going to be fucking around here for the next two hours, guys. Like, you really can't think about why we're bringing the weasel. Like, it's just going to be funny. So, just, you know, like, they don't want you to think about it for that long. And I don't know. Like, I think watching it at home, I'm, I'm more apt to notice those things but in the, in the theater it's just 
Of course, I, I went to the Dolby Theater, so like my seats were vibrating. It was so loud in there. It was literally like thud sound systems. It was, you know, and but like in the midst of all that, you kind of can't think too hard about, you know, why you know why a giant shark, you know, why not an octopus or a ferret? Like it doesn't really matter. Like it's just this is what they just decided to do. None of the things had to really make a lot of sense. They just had to advance the plot along for like uh, advance it far enough along for you to care about the next thing that happened. And I think thought they were reasonably, you know, they, they achieved that reasonably well. And there was also, like, weird moments of, like, light comedy that, like, when like when Martin or Melvin or that guy gets killed, that was hilarious. <laughs> you know, I noticed that guy. <laughs> like, when they were storming into the into the research lab, like, he stuck, he stuck out. I was like, that's yeah. the bus driver. He's still there. And then, like, sure enough, like, a few scenes later, he got shot. I was like, oh, that bus driver. And then they start talking about him. I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like, like, they're also going to acknowledge the fact <laughs> that he was still there. What I liked about that joke was the was the fact that Polka Dot Man, like, felt really bad about him. And and Harley, 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 Harley Quinn's like, wait, who are you talking about? And he's like, Melvin, or whatever his name was. And she's like, he's like, and she's like, who's Melvin? He's like, that was the the, the driver, our friend. He's been he's he came with us the whole time. She's like, I would have remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then the best part was later on, she calls Idris Elba Melvin. She's like, he, he's like, oh come on, Melvin. He's like, not my name. <laughs> yeah, she like gets them confused, even though like it's pretty obvious he's not melvin or whatever mark right and like this but just because she's nuts i mean that's the thing about these people is that they're they're every everybody in the movie is insane so they're all kind of unreliable for any sense of consistency i i think that this doesn't work that way as well as like deadpool does because when you don't turn to the camera and acknowledge how stupid it is you're leaving the audience kind of like to figure it out on their own like the the movie certainly wasn't as funny as it thought it was or clever. Yeah. You know, so like those moments will just sort of hang there. Like when they don't like when you don't laugh and you just sit there like what is this? But like Deadpool could at least be like he'd look at the camera and be like that was stupid, right? And you're like, "Oh, okay, they know it was stupid." Whereas like if you make a joke and no one laughs, it's it's just awkward. You know, because it's you're looking at the at the movie like did the movie not realize how bad that joke was? Or I mean, the other thing too, a, it becomes a fault with the movie, right? And the other thing too about seeing it in theaters is that like laughter is infectious. So if you're at a bad comedy, you are still going to laugh at it. And this is not a bad comedy, but like if things are funny, then you will laugh at them more so because other people are doing it. Oh yeah, it definitely and, helps. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, at home, I, I probably wouldn't have found this stuff nearly as amusing as I did, you know, watching it with, with you know, with, with a bunch of other, of other people. Um, the other thing that Deadpool has going forward is it's, that Deadpool's kind of isolated from, just by virtue of the way that the Marvel, you know, properties are structured and their relationships to Sony and Disney and these various uh, other companies like we all knew that we weren't going to see a movie that was in the MCU when you saw Deadpool and you really also weren't seeing like a 20th Century Fox X-Men movie that was kind of all on its own and it you know they had some X-Men there and he did he poked fun about the fact that they could only get these two budget X-Men to be in the movie but you know in in building the unusual characters into the MCU like the the ones in Guardians they were very successful at integrating those characters into the broader story you know the little um raccoon guy becomes friends with Thor that was great i really enjoyed that about um was that infinity war or yeah the first one like that bit was funny, and the fact that you know they 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 don't connect all of them together all the time, but they exist together. 
and you can kind of have a mashup there, and it's fun. This still exists in the same universe as Batman and Superman and all those other super serious characters from those super serious movies. But it's not even remotely the same thing. You know, so it's just kind of has a branding issue, I think, if you're going to connect these things together, you know? You know, yeah. I mean, this one, it definitely stands on its own. I mean, I don't... I don't know anything about whether they want to do any of that stuff. And it's muddled because, you know, some of the actors are the same and some are not. And some were dropped and some were murdered right away. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. I, I think his, um, what's his name? James Gunn's ability to make like lovable losers become a group of people is a little overstated, you know? And I, for Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it worked better. You got five people; they're, they're they can be mean and they can be selfish and stupid and short-sighted, but they're all generally good people. These people are not. And it was like, hey, he did it again—the same wacky cast of, of weirdos and freaks—and he's made them all these lovable characters. They're not lovable characters. Like, they go to—I think they go to great lengths to show that a lot of them are just insane. That's different. <laughs> Yeah, the rat girl was the closest one you got to who was truly likable because she didn't have a function in the story other than to make people like feel happy and do the rat thing at the end where it eats the uh, the, the starfish. Right. I mean, she's only there because, you know, she says, like, I was put in jail because I used my rats to rob a bank because I was starving to death and I needed money and they locked me up. Whereas everybody else is like a murderous psychopath or a serious danger to themselves or something like that. Well, so, it makes that awful joke about the weasel having killed twenty seven children. I'm like, that's that's yeah. not funny. I mean, like, like if he I, if he just said people, not children, I might have laughed at that. But like, mm. I, yeah, I was like, wait, what? Like, that's one of those those gags that it's like you, you do like a double take, you know? So. Uh, you can, you know, everybody was like, well, he really, you know, like, polka dot man, what a, what a D-list character. And he made me care about him. I mean, it's not that I care about polka dot man. We're just taking the character seriously. I That's actually all. thought that was, he was the, one of the best characters in the movie. Well, he was one of the better ones because mm-hmm. as goofy as he was, you know, you're not laughing at him. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't make them like people to root for. You know, so that makes it harder as well, like to to care what they're doing, especially like like take Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie's great, but like what she does and the motivation she has for her own self, like I don't understand. She's a crazy person. I don't want to watch a crazy psycho half the time. Yeah, they're... you know, it, it it's hard to get behind those kinds of characters. So Harley Quinn is interesting. And, I mean, I could go the really cynical route and just say it's just because they want to have a female superhero that they, they're they pushing her. It's more complicated than that, but that's not too far from what's actually the truth. I mean, they... I mean, she was a fan favorite from the animated series. She didn't, she didn't exist in the comics until then. And I haven't seen the new animated series with her, have you? Um, not yet. It's supposed to be very good. It's supposed to be very good. But you're right. Like, there is a problem. Like, why is everybody doing the, 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 the character concept is, I think, really great. Because you take someone like the Joker, who's basically inhuman. You know, he's, you know, he's basically supernatural in the way the character is so opaque and, you know, unchangeable and yet continuously fools you in, in, into thinking that he is, and it's just it's a great character. And then you you take someone like her, and I think the backstory that they worked out with for her, I'm not sure how much this is like canon or not, but that she was a, psycho- a psychiatrist who he seduces the Joker, and like it's not sexual, their relationship, except in this universe it is. But in the cartoon, it wasn't so much sexual as, as it was just, pure infatuation with him and almost like a weird girl with daddy issues kind of mm-hmm. thing and 
And so she's wildly popular, and they find someone to play her who is wildly popular and very, very gifted. Um, but there's nowhere to go with Harley Quinn. Like, there's no deep, you know, like, the closest thing you get to it is this movie where she's basically a good guy. She kills the bad guy, or, or, or one of them, and then helps kill the other bad guy. And she's not a bad guy herself in this, except she's also insane. And that's not borne out by her behavior, per se, because she's in a bad situation, and she's running around, and she has to get out of it, and all the guys with guns are trying to kill her, and she kills them all in a really great scene. But, like, there's flowers you know, flying out of them instead of blood, because that's kind of how she sees everything, is that to her, it's not blood. It's just, you know, cartoon flowers. I don't know what you do with that character after this. Like, Well, that's all Brit- of them. They're all like that. Yeah, I mean, she's the best version of that, but you're right. Like, they are all of that ilk. They're like that. And and in the crappy first one, it was the same thing. What do you do with a bunch of villains who are being forced against their will or their heads will explode to take out missions for you? And the heart of that film was Will Smith's character because he had a daughter outside of jail, and he was trying to provide for her. And and he said, like, you know... I won't do this. I won't do that. If you can help my daughter out, you know, it's trying to see whether or not there's some shred of decency within some of them. It's the exact same thing with Idris Elba's character, you know, like they start walking away, let the starfish destroy the town. And then they kind of look at each other like, all right, I guess we should stop the starfish, (laughs) you know, but that's all, that's all there is to them. You know, it. I mean, they fight amongst each other. So it's not like they're learning some lesson and now they're all going to become good people again, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, where they learn to work together and they learn to work for the common good and, and other things. Like, they were already pretty much good people. They just had to get over their selfish impulses, where these people are just nuts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you have, a, you have a wacky plot that's not supposed to be taken seriously with characters that were not supposed to be taken that seriously. So after a while, I was just sort of shrugging, like, I'm enjoying this enough, but I'm not going to watch it again. Uh, you know, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of... It's just not my <laughs> cup of tea. No, I know, but like that sort of like, I'm not going to watch it again. Well, yeah, but we're, no one's watching any of these again. Like, these are not rewatchable movies. Like, you know, I'll watch The Dark Knight again. That's a great movie. But I'm not watching any of these Marvel movies again. Like, I think I kind of go back to watch Iron Man every so often because Iron Man's really good. Well, I'm looking back at it like, like when Infinity War came out and I teach high school students and some of them saw it several times in the theaters. You know, like for those kids, would you see it again? But me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at this as like a classic. Yeah, like kids will do it, but like, you know us watching it and you know as as mature adults you know, we're not gonna bother to watch this a second time but it's really the question is is it worth watching the first time and the answer is i think yeah if you like this kind of a movie if you like a you know a kind of a gory r-rated action movie you know with margot robbie then this is your bag <laughs> so. yeah, this is this is that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you're looking for that exact thing, here it is. Here it is. A lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch till the end the uh, the final uh, credit scene? No, I, I, you just reminded me. I forgot because we're sitting there like, oh, I, we have to go to the bathroom and like we can just go home and watch that on HBO Max. So what what was in the post credits? I, I, I did well, not there see was, it. There was one where the weasel uh, washed up on the beach. That one I saw, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he's actually alive. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> But um, the very last one is that they find John Cena in the rubble and he's alive and they have him like hooked up to ventilators and everything. And um, they're going to ha- start having him do missions again. Who's they? Um, Amanda Waller's uh, techie goon idiots. Uh. And they kind of say like, oh, this is punishment for hitting her in the face with a golf club. Like we got- And like, I think he's getting his own show. Yeah. So like, if you wanted to see more of John Cena cursing and shooting people and stuff, <laughs> then that yeah. will be the show for you. I don't know. Like, 
Sonny Bunch made this point on a podcast that he has the other day. Like, we've been kind of waiting for John Cena to be the next rock for a long time. It's never really happened. I can't tell if that's because he's not that good or if The Rock is just so charming and business-oriented that The Rock puts himself into everything. Yeah, I think The Rock is just better at it. Yeah. Because I've seen John Cena in things, and he's fine. Yeah. But but The Rock is... Uh, he's on a, a cut above. I mean, how many of these wrestlers... I've seen a bunch of them now. None of them reach the same level as The Rock. And I think it's mostly due to the fact that The Rock just, you know, as a businessman, he's much more aggressive and he's you know like he he's just he's, he's just involved with so much between his own production company with disney you know i mean jungle well, cruise he's got a bit more range like like dave batista's out there too but dave batista and he's great in in the guardians of the galaxy but he's not great at everything yeah like he, he made I a terrible bond villain too yeah like he wasn't good in that you know he's not as good as that stuff. Some of those wrestlers are only good at playing like one kind of role. So. Yeah. Yeah, the rock kind of has a bit. And it's not a huge range. It's just a range. John Cena's range is very good at being like this deadpan delivery because he's not a great actor. Yeah. You know, like he takes himself seriously, kind of like he's good at that. Yeah, you know? this. <laughs> this yeah. exact thing. Well, yeah. I mean, he's good at because he was good in this where like shooting people and like you know like if i have to eat a bag of dicks on the beach i'll do it for freedom like he can deliver that line really well yeah. but he was he was in that movie blockers where he's like the overprotective dad and it's the same thing like i'm gonna beat up my daughter's boyfriend so she doesn't have sex with him on prom night <laughs> like you know you're playing the same basic role whether you're a dad or a supervillain or whatever so yeah so yeah, but yeah, this was good. You should go see it. Yeah, go see it. If you're tired of watching Marvel movies, uh, this is definitely different. So yeah, and if if you want to get out of the house, it's not a bad thing to do. You know, yeah, go get vaccinated first, and then go out of the house. But yeah, get get your vaccines, then go yeah. out, and then go out. But definitely the vaccine part. Do that mm. right away. Um. But yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on uh, the Suicide Squad, uh, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on both. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Go to the T Public Store to get your merch. Um, that's it. Yeah. Oh, and subscribe uh, and you know leave reviews and do all those things as well. All that stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Yep. Take care. Bye.